Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast, brought to you in part by Book of Zen, makers of inspirational fashion and gift ideas. Visit them online at bookofzen.com. Today's podcast has been edited and adapted from Memory, How to Develop, Train, and Use It by William Walker Atkinson, published in 1919. Before the memory can be stored with sight impressions, before the mind can recollect or remember such impressions, the eye must be used under the direction of our attention. We think that we see things when we look at them, but in reality we see but few things, in the sense of registering clear and distinct impressions of them upon the tablets of our conscious mind. We look at them rather than see them. In other words, we see without truly seeing. The way to train the mind to receive clear sight impressions, and therefore to retain them in the memory, is simply to concentrate the will and attention upon objects of sight, endeavoring to see them plainly and distinctly and then to practice recalling the details of the object sometime afterward. It is astonishing how rapidly one may improve in this respect by a little practice, and it is amazing how great a degree of proficiency one may attain in a short time. The famous French magician Houdin, from whom Harry Houdini took his name, cultivated his memory of sight impressions by following a simple plan. He started to practice by observing a number of small objects in a Paris shop window, while rapidly walking past the window. He followed this by noting down on paper the things that he saw and remembered. At first, he could remember but two or three articles in the window. Then he began to see and remember more, and so on, each day adding to his power of perception and memory until finally he was able to see and remember nearly every small article in a large shop window after bestowing but a single glance upon it. Others have found this plan an excellent one and have developed their power of perception greatly and at the same time cultivated an amazingly retentive memory of objects thus seen. It is all a matter of use and practice. The experiment of Houdin may be varied infinitely, with excellent results. For example, in India, some parents train their children along these lines by playing the sight game with them. This game is played by exposing to the sight of the children a number of small objects, at which they gaze intently, and which are then withdrawn from their sight. The children then try to outdo each other in writing down the names of the objects which they have seen. The number of objects is small to begin with, but is increased each day until an astonishing number are perceived and remembered. Many teachers have followed plans similar to this. For example, you can take a number of small articles and train the students to see and remember them, the process being gradually made more and more difficult. Or you could make a number of dots on a whiteboard, and then erase them before the students can count them in the ordinary way. 
The children then try to count their mental impressions, and before long they can correctly name the number of dots up to ten or more, with ease. It is the old story of attention following the interest, and memory following the attention. An expert bridge player will see and remember every card played in a game, and just who played it. An expert chess or checker player will see and remember the previous moves in the game, and can relate them afterward. And, at the risk of sounding sexist, many women will go shopping and see and remember hundreds of things that a man would never have seen, much less remembered. Keep in mind that whatever can be done in this direction by means of attention, inspired by interest, may be duplicated by attention directed by will. In other words, the desire to accomplish the task adds and creates an artificial interest just as effective as the natural feeling. And as you progress, the interest in the game or task will add new interest and you will be able to duplicate any of the feats mentioned previously. It is all a matter of attention, interest, natural or induced, and practice. Begin with a set of dominoes, if you like, and try to remember the spots on one of them rapidly glanced at, then two, then three. By increasing the number gradually, you will attain a power of perception and a memory of sight impressions that will appear almost marvelous. And not only will you begin to remember dominoes, but you will also be able to perceive and remember thousands of little details of interest in everything that have heretofore escaped your notice. The principle is very simple, but the results that may be obtained by practice are wonderful. The trouble with most of us is that we have been looking without seeing, gazing but not observing. The objects around you have been out of your mental focus. If you will but change your mental focus by means of will and attention, you will be able to cure yourself of the careless methods of seeing and observing that have been hindrances to your success. We have been blaming forgetfulness on our memories, but the fault is with our perception. How can the memory remember when it is not given anything in the way of clear impressions? We have been like young infants in this matter. Now it is time for you to begin to sit up and take notice, no matter how old you may be. The whole thing in a nutshell is this. In order to remember the things that pass before your sight, you must begin to see with your mind instead of with your retina. Let the impression get beyond your retina and into your mind. If you will do this, you will find that memory will do the rest. Now let us move on to the art of listening. The sense of hearing is one of the highest of the senses or channels whereby we receive impressions from the outside world. In fact, it ranks almost as high as the sense of sight. In the sense of taste, touch, and smell, there is a direct contact between the recipient and the particles of the object sensed, while in the sense of sight and the sense of hearing, the impression is received through the medium of waves in the ether, in the case of sight, 
or waves in the air, in the sense of hearing. Just as it is true that it is the mind and not the eye that really sees, so it is true that it is the mind and not the ear that really hears. Many sounds reach the ear that are not registered by the mind. We pass along a crowded street, the waves of many sounds reaching the nerves of the ear, and yet the mind accepts the sounds of but few things, particularly when the novelty of the sounds has passed away. To acquire the faculty of correct hearing and correct memory of things heard, the mental faculty of hearing must be exercised, trained and developed. Research has shown that great differences exist among individuals with regard to the acuteness of their sense of hearing, and some possess it in greater perfection in certain directions than in others. One whose hearing is good for sound in general may yet have but little ear for musical tones. And, on the other hand, one with a good ear for music may yet be deficient as regards hearing in general. As with seeing properly, the secret of this is to be found in the degree of interest and attention bestowed upon the particular thing giving forth the sound. It is a fact that the mind will hear the faintest sounds from things in which its interest and attention is centered, while at the same time ignoring things in which there is no interest and to which the attention is not turned. A musician will note the slightest discord occurring in a concert in which there are a great number of instruments being played, and in which there is a great volume of sound reaching the ear while other sounds may be unheard. The foreman in a machine shop, in the same manner, detects the little strange noise that informs him that something is amiss, and he turns off the power at once. A skilled physician will detect the faint sounds denoting respiratory trouble or a heart murmur in the patient. And yet these very people who are able to detect the faint differences in the sounds just mentioned are often known as poor hearers in other things. Why? Simply because they hear only that in which they are interested and to which their attention has been directed. That is the whole secret, and in it is also to be found the secret of training the ear to listen. It is all a matter of interest and attention, and the details depend upon these principles. In view of the facts just stated, it will be seen that the remedy for poor hearing and poor memory of things heard is to be found in the use of the will in the direction of voluntary attention and interest. So true is this that some authorities go so far as to claim that many cases of slight deafness are really but the result of lack of attention and concentration on the part of the person so troubled. There are but few persons who have not had the experience of listening to some bore whose words were distinctly heard, but the meaning of which was entirely lost because of inattention and lack of interest. One researcher summed the matter up with these words. In hearing, we must distinguish between two different points, the audible sensation as it is developed without 
any intellectual interference, and the conception which we form in consequence of that sensation. The reason that many people do not remember things that they have heard is simply because they have not listened properly. Poor listening is far more common than one would suppose at first. A little self-examination will reveal to you the fact that you likely have fallen into the bad habit of inattention. One cannot listen to everything, of course. It would not be advisable. But one should acquire the habit of either really listening or else refusing to listen at all. In order to reacquire your lost habit of proper listening, you must exercise voluntary attention and develop interest. The following suggestions might be useful in that direction. Try to memorize words that are spoken to you in conversation, a few sentences or even one at a time. You will find that the effort made to fasten the sentence on your memory will result in a concentration of attention on the words of the speaker. Do the same thing when you are listening to a newscaster, actor, or lecturer. Pick out the first sentence for memorizing, and make up your mind that your memory will be as wax to receive the impression, and as steel to retain it. Listen to the stray scraps of conversation that come to your ears while walking on the street, and try to memorize a sentence or two, as if you were to repeat it later in the day. Study the various tones, expressions, and inflections in the voices of persons speaking to you. You will find this task most interesting and helpful. You will be surprised at the details that such analysis will reveal. Listen to the footsteps of different persons and endeavor to distinguish between them. Each has its own peculiarities. Get someone to read a line or two of poetry or prose to you and then try to remember it. A little practice of this kind will greatly develop your power of voluntary attention to sounds and spoken words. But above everything else, practice repeating the words and sounds that you have memorized so far as is possible. For by doing so, you will get the mind into the habit of taking an interest in sound impressions. In this way, you not only improve your sense of hearing, but also the faculty of remembering. If you will analyze and boil down these suggestions, you will find that the gist of the whole matter is that one should actually use, employ, and exercise the mental faculty of hearing, actively and intelligently. Nature has a way of putting to sleep, or atrophying, any faculty that is not used or exercised, and also of encouraging, developing, and strengthening any faculty that is properly employed and exercised. In this you have the secret. Use it. If you will listen well, you will hear well, and remember well that which you have heard. And the more you remember, the greater your chances of success in any endeavor. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. 
For free transcripts of our podcast, please go to livinghour.org. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, which will ensure that we can continue our podcast for years to come. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Simply do a quick search for the Inspirational Living Podcast at patreon.com to find our Patreon page and learn more, including the free gifts we offer to every patron. Subscribe to our free podcast today at the iTunes Store, or at Google Play, or at Stitcher.com. Thank you for listening. We look forward to being with you next time.